everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Bandits, Season 4, Episode 16, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games, and they're mad for footy board games. They're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au. That's R-O-L-L-A to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad footy ball game for you and the family. And we're going to kick it off with our uh, very soon ending summer of cricket uh, with our Western Warriors. It's all over. WA go back to back in the Marsh Cup. They win their 16th title. And that man on screen would have to be pretty close to the man of the match, Josh Inglis, his batting performance today. Now, let's go all the way back to Wednesday, uh, where the team hit the pitch looking for a bounce-back win after a shocking week up against New South Wales in both formats on their home deck. Now, they did just that, though, heading down to Tasmania, and upon electing to bat, they put on a strong showing, getting to 4 for 320, mainly on the back of Darcy Short's blistering 127 of 121. And that form was actually coming off uh, 100 in uh, club cricket, premier grade cricket, uh, but also 100 in uh, the second 11 in match. So he came in uh, in just ripping rip, ripping Nick. Uh, Cam Bancroft's 64 and uh, Sam Whiteman's 49 of 37. Uh, with two strong second and third wicket partnerships providing the platform that they needed to get a 300-plus score on the board. Now to the bowling innings, and despite Tasmania being in a pretty solid position uh, to chase down the score at 3 for 176 at 21.4 overs, so very much ahead of the run rate required. Um, from there, they lost 5 for 92 uh, to Peter out, and that, the Warriors had the Tigers all bowled out for for 268 and 52 runs shy of what they needed. Now this was the catalyst that uh, WA were requiring uh, to be in a positive to go for a treble of one day titles. Uh, they actually take on New South Wales who finished one point above them but an inferior net run rate um, unfortunately didn't allow them to finish top. Um, but uh, they'll take on as I said, in New South Wales, uh, next Sunday at Cricket Central in New South Wales with an early 7.05am Western Standard Time start time. So get up early if you want to watch that match. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed they can get it done. But a couple of days later, as is always the case, it was the Shield team's opportunity to hit back. And whilst bowling Tasmania out for 183 was a great start on a very green deck, you have to admit. Uh, Joel Paris is 4 for 48 and Cam Gannon's 3 for 49. Um, they did the lion's share of the damage. They absolutely could have skittled the Tigers for even more, having them at 7 for 103 and just not able to put in the killer blow. Now, the Warriors responded in their first innings, not really convincingly, going down for 4 for 54 at one stage uh, before fighting back into the contest as young gun and son of a gun, Jaden Goodwin, steadied a crumbling top and middle order around him with 85. They knew that everyone else in the top seven batters got no higher than 31. And if not for Joel Paris's 40 not out, their first innings lead would have been looking much slimmer. Nonetheless, a lead of 88 runs was better than nothing. However, from there, Tasmania punched back hard. And at the close of day three, which was Sunday today, when we're recording, uh, they've extended their lead to 449 runs, sitting at eight for 537. Just astounding. 
Uh, Cam Green, he's having a disastrous return uh, to WA, both bat and ball, adding just six runs in the first innings and going for an economy rate of 7.09, which is very expensive in the Sheffield Shield form. Uh, Charlie Stober, he's the best bowler with two for 84 in the second innings. Uh, simply just not being able to make uh, the Caleb Jewel breakthrough, uh, letting him put on a double hundred. And from damagingly... And realistically, they just couldn't go. They went from one for zero, um, one for none, the Tasmanian Tigers, to two for 170, and then four for 254. Still a pretty good position. To five for 437. They just could not land those killer blows. So that's where we sit, as in where the Western Warriors sit at the end of day, day three. Can't give you the result, unfortunately. So it's a watch this space, and we'll give you um, how it all panned out, of course, the next podcast too. But uh, we're going to leave it there for the Western Warriors. Uh, we're sticking with cricket, though, and let's talk about our women, and that means it's our Western Fury. Oh, intense signal by Papalo. Massive six. Game over. She'll end on 98, not out. Well, all's on the line for the girls, knowing that two wins would get them a finals appearance against a powerful Queensland outfit, uh, but knowing that their best cricket could take it up to them. However, the girls just couldn't bring their best cricket. Having elected to bowl and in a rain-affected, slightly game, they allowed the fire to get to 5 for 304. As three bowlers in Piper Cleary, Amy Edgar and Chloe Ainsworth all had an economy rate of 7 or above, and just unable to get the breakthroughs that they needed across the second and third wicket, large partnerships in particular of 150 run runs and 84 runs. Now, in return and response, they just were not able to fire a shot at all, capitulating to be all out for 136, with the highest score being Chloe Paparo's 28 of 34. Now, a final was out of contention for the girls, no matter the result of Game 2, but finishing off the season on a positive was what they wanted to do, as this team, they were sent into bat, or this time, should I say, and it was another disaster. They were bowled out with 34 overs uh, for just 115, uh, with Amy Edgar the only player to score above 15 runs, as a steady stream of wickets just continually fell and no solid partnerships were formed. Now, obviously, it was simply a matter of time to chase down that total with the fire, doing so in just 25.4 overs and losing only four wickets. Amy Edgar, she did all she could for her team, picking up two for 19 at 3.35 economy rate. And to Neil Peschel, she was really difficult to get away, uh, none for 10 at 2.5 from her just four overs. Um, they were the few pluses for this team. Now, the season has now concluded. It's definitely an improvement from the 2023 season, but to fall away to four, 13 points shy of second place Queensland, and another two to Tasmania in uh, first place, they're just not at the level to compete with those other teams. So they'll rebuild, they'll reload for next season, and that, of course, begins later on in the year, around the October space. So we'll leave it there for the Western Fury. I'll say goodbye to them for season 2023-24, and uh, we're now going to head to the... the uh, don't know why. I think I'm just having a stroke. I'm okay now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're heading to the basketball court. Uh, that was it. The court, the word that I was actually looking for, struggling to. And we're going to talk a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cot and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come.
Now, there was not a lot to gain from these two contests of the Wildcats, as no matter what happened, either winning or losing both, or even splitting them, they couldn't fall or climb from second spot. However, you know, you want momentum and positive form going into the finals, even with the fever break in between that. Now, bogey team Illawarra was first up on Thursday, away in the gong, and the triple treatment occurred, uh, falling 92-108 on the back of two 18-point losses earlier on in this season for the Hawks. So they certainly got their number to the Illawarra Hawks. Now this time, it wasn't, shutting, it wasn't about shutting Bryce down. He got 20 points. But it was the second-chance opportunities side of it all that stifled the Wildcats for Perth. Uh, it went to the main break up two points. So a really, really good way to begin, uh, begin the game. But from there, they lost the remaining terms, eight points, seven points, and three uh, across those final three quarters. That was seven of 28 from three-point land. This is terrible shooting as was 17 of 25 at 68% from the free throw line. But that's not where they fell the most. They gave up 57 rebounds. Uh, they lost the rebound count by 22 and 7 to 18 offensive rebounds. All this with Illawarra still committing three more turnovers and only getting five more points from turnovers. Second chance points, second chance points, should I say. That was where the game was won and lost, and that was the difference. Now, they just had to try and wash that game pretty quickly as it was down to Tasmania to the My State Bank Arena in a potential preview of their semi-final series. And again, a positive start going into quarter time, even Stevens. Then a minus 15 second turn that was just too much to come back from. Falling off an absolute cliff, shooting 33% from the field, 0 of 6 from three-point land, 0 of 2 free throws. And overall, across the game... Uh, ticking at only 38% from the field, 24% from three-point land. Again, beaten in the rebound count, this time minus 14. And similar to the Hawks' clash, they had less turnovers and only conceded two less points from turnovers in regard to a differential. Bryce Cotton, he didn't play to a due knee due to a knee knock in Illawarra, uh, but that wasn't the reason they lost. All five of their starters had minus 12 or more in the plus-minus column, and that's just not good enough, and it's not going to cope, and you're not going to cop it in a league as good as the NBL, and as even as it is. Alexander Saar, he was the main positive from this game, solely from an individual perspective. He had 17 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. Now, they still sit second. Overall, 17 wins, 11 losses. Definitely not the way you want to finish, but um, hey, for the season, they now await the winner of Tasmania up against Illawarra. Coincidentally, enough Wednesday to seek who they will play in the best of three semi-final series, with the only advantage now the Wildcats have, of course, is home court. But we're now going to leave it there for the Perth Wildcats. Let's head to the pitch and talk a little bit of football. We're going to start with the Perth Glory men. Glory, glory, Perth glory. Yeah, that's right, we're kicking off with the glory, but before we get to the game and how it all panned out on Saturday evening for the men, some really big news with Perth Glory delightedly uh, sort of discussing and uh, announcing, confirming Polygra Group as the club's new owners. Now, they're a private family-owned and operated property developer 
and construction business, a uh, business should I say, Polygo Group has expanded its breadth of developments with particular focus in the sports and entertainment sectors, acquiring interest in a number of sporting clubs around the world and enhancing that relationship through the development of sporting infrastructure. In Europe, the great group holds a 100% interest in Italian Serie C football club Catania FC, including ownership of Catania Rugby, Catania Women's Football, Catania Junior Football, and various basketball teams. Uh, Poligra Group Chairman Ross Poligra uh, is relishing the prospect of re-establishing glory as a benchmark club of Australian football. And, of course, these are direct uh, sort of quotes, uh, both from the Perth Glory uh, sort of website and Facebook page, and also from Ross himself. Uh, so, from Ross, sport is a great passion of mine, and over the years I have invested in other sporting clubs in Australia and in Italy. I've seen how integral a sporting club can be to a community. It can have a powerful unifying impact, unifying impact, and this is what we're here to achieve in Perth. There are three key pillars we need to focus on in the first phase of our tenure to reconnect, to drive success, and to create long-term stability. I remember watching Perth Glory when I was a child on TV back in Melbourne and thinking that football had arrived in this country when I saw a packed Perth Oval every home game and a team that played an exciting and attacking brand of football that had everyone in Perth captivated. That is the energy we know exists here, and that is the energy we must rediscover. We have learned from our previous experiences with other sporting franchises, but every team is different, every city is different, and it's important that we listen and learn. I want to return the club back to the glory days. We want to be the envy of every other A-League club, just like it was when it was first founded. I know that we have a strong football community here in Perth, and it's time to reunite. And just one last little bit of... Uh, I guess a quote and um, something from the chairman to or Ross Polygola per se. But um, dear members and fans, I'm excited and honoured to connect with you for the first time as the new owner of the Perth Glory Football Club. And uh, over the coming weeks and months, I'll share my vision for Perth Glory with you. Essentially, we want to, and let's just get to the most important part, we want to reconnect. Our members and fans are crucial to the success of this club and we need to better engage with you and the broader WA football community. Be sustainable. We need to build a club for generations to come, one that will produce future Matildas and Socceroos, and one which will leave a positive legacy for Western Australia, and be successful. If you don't aim to be successful, then you're not in the right reasons. Success comes in many forms, and while we'll aim for success on the pitch, we must be successful off it too. So that's from Ross Poligra. Really great news about the ownership and it finally being locked in after just, you know, a nightmare of months upon months upon months. And, um, you know, initially having one locked in and then uh, it's sort of falling to pieces. All right, so that's all done. Let's head to Saturday night uh, where we saw the return of former Glory coach Ruben Zadkovic, this time in charge of the Brisbane Roar. Now, a 1-0 start was just what the doctor ordered uh, from co-captain Adam Taggart via Alex Suzania in the 24th minute before double strikes across a seven-minute period saw the lead fall into the hands of the Brisbane Roar. The second, though, quite unfortunate after a terrific first save from Ollie Sale before a deflecting ball just had enough momentum to dribble across the line and go into the main break 1-2 down. But that was sort of generally unlucky, the glory, not to have equaled in the 36th minute with, with a superb cross from the right to Taggart's run into the middle and a blistering strike that was just denied by the barest of fingers but admittedly was a stellar save from the Brisbane Royal goalkeeper. Now skip ahead to the second half of the second half and the 72nd minute with momentum building and a first shot on goal being hit back before falling in the lap of the co-captain Adam Taggart who didn't miss an opportunity on his platter squeezing the ball past the goalkeeper 
on the right. The next goal, though, well, that was just incompetence from the raw defence, sending a centering ball back into the middle of the box, with attackers still around, and with the result being a toe poke ending up in Stefan Kolokoski's feet, uh, who made the error count and the raw pay, sending a message to former glory coach Ruben Zakovic, who refused to play him last season for God knows what reason. Um, but in the process, he gave the glory an unlikely 3-2 lead with 13 minutes of regulation time to come. And in the 82nd minute, an out-the-back run from that same man, Stefan Kolokoski, um, almost resulted in a fourth goal, but he just couldn't beat the goalkeeper. Now, the stats for the most part did actually fall into the glory's favour, um, if we're not counting uh, ball possession, uh, which was just at 39%. So you have to admit, though, what was Brisbane Roar doing with them um, if they've got 61% of the ball? Now, Perth Gory, they had 22 to 11 goal attempts, plus five shots on goal. Uh, they did have, however, five, plus five block shots, uh, plus four corner kicks, plus 14 in throw-ins, plus six crosses. And the two big ones, excuse me, plus 31 dangerous attacks. So balls right in the heart of the third, um, you know, the penalty area, and forcing Brisbane into 21 more clearances completed. Now, it's a minor jump for the glory up to 10th, but uh, such is the tightness of this competition. They are just six points out of the top six on the back of three wins and two draws in the last five weeks. Now, we're going to leave it there for our Perth glory men. Let's head back to the court, and let's talk a little bit of Perth Lynx. It's been a good response from the Caps. Atwell... Getting hot. Chipatoni from the corner in game 100. Still alive for Perth. There's the height of Potter. Kicked out. Two games well, left in the hearts. season for the girls, and all they could do is win their two remaining hitouts and see if results can fall their way to slide or sneak into finals. Now, first up at home was the Canberra Capitals, and a good start was needed, and they got just that. Heading into the first break, three points up then put a bit of a dent into the Capitals um, across the next 10 minutes. They won that term plus 11 points for a hit back of the same margin from the Capitals in that third term. So it was still, you know, race's edge going into the final 10 minutes. But the Lynx responded to that challenge, uh, winning the last term in front of 1,000 attendees, 32 to 20. Uh, they shot at 53% from the field. 50% from three-point land on five of ten, a plus seven in rebounds, and seven of ten from the free throw line. So they went bang, and they came away with a confidence-boosting 94-79 to 79 win. Now, overall, they shot at 47% from the field, 37% from three-point land. Pretty serviceable. Our room for improvement is just 15 of 23 at 65% from the free throw line. A plus 11 rebounds, all whilst having plus 7 turnovers at 2. That's also something they need to tidy up the turnover count. And what a return for um, the lady that's been out for the last eight rounds. And uh, that's been the result of their form slump. I think they've lost their last five and just fallen out of the the, the, uh, the top four and finals contention. But Airy McDonald return. 24 points, three rebounds, three assists. Amy Atwell had 19 points to co-captain. And how about the other co-captain in it? Annalie Maley. What a, what a read of a stat line and what a double-double. 17 points. Not too shabby, but 20 rebounds and 8 assists. Just unreal. That's one heck of a game. And I did listen to Annalie Maley uh, in, in an interview um, across the week, and uh, her, her only goal pretty much was just to play the way that the Lynx want to play. Wh whatever happens, happens. If they win the two games, great. If they lose the two games, so be it. But as long as they're playing their style of basketball, having fun, 
Well, I did just that. Now, this WNBL ladder has uh, most ladders of competitions around the nation. Um, it's just so tight. Three teams, uh, third, fourth, and fifth, are on 11 wins and nine losses. And the length is sitting sixth on 10 wins and 10 losses. They need one of Melbourne, Sydney, or Bendigo to lose uh, possible percentages uh, to fall their way to. And they actually play Bendigo in their final match on Saturday afternoon away. So destiny is still in their hands, partially and marginally, but they still need a little bit of luck to fall their way. So time will, help, time will tell how that all unfolds. But I'm going to leave it there for the Perth Lynx, and let's now touch base lastly with the last game on a Sunday evening at 7.30. And, of course, that means we're talking about our Perth Glory women. Striking from range. Oh, my. Great Charlie. Take a bow. Unbelievable strike. Coming in at a rate of knots. And the World Cup hero goes bang. All right, to our Perth Glory women and a 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, unlucky if you're in the eastern states, a 10.30 start time there. But um, they obviously brought it, I guess, back uh, quite a bit due to the really, really hot weather, you know, 40-plus degrees here in uh, Perth on a Sunday. So even still, it was re really warm. They're actually having a 15-minute, every time there was a 15 minutes of play, they had a little drinks break. So, you know, they were trying, trying to look after the players as best as they possibly can. But to the game at hand, and a very, very quick summary, because, of course, it only finished about um, half an hour ago, give or take. Um, but um, they, they couldn't have got off to a better start um, via Millie Farrow um, through Sophia Sakalas. 1-0 uh, up in the 25th minute. But um, just a little bit of lapse in concentration, albeit it was a pretty decent shot by Kaya Simon. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they went into the sheds at one all. And then uh, after that, they conceded two goals, uh, one in the 76th minute and one in the 83rd minute. And uh, they just sort of couldn't uh, get anything to get back into the game. Now, quickly looking at the stats, um, the ball possession was marginally in favour of them at 53%. Expected goals, well, that was not. Uh, expected goals was 0 0.20 to uh, Central Coast's 1.78. And uh, this is why the game was very much in favour of the Central Coast Mariners and the Perth Glory did not look like they were in for a shot. 3-17 goal attempts, 2-11 shots on goal, 0-3 shots off goal. They sort of keep rolling down. Thanks very much to Flash Score. Um, if you haven't downloaded the app and you love your sport, um, they're the ones to uh, get on top of. But uh, attacks minus 19, uh, dangerous attacks also minus 19 too. Uh, plus 10 clearances that were required uh, from the Perth Glory. Uh, zero crosses for the Glory and uh, seven to the Mariners. So yeah, it was a dirty, dirty game for the girls. They were probably lucky to to, to get that goal. I'm no, not uh, denying the uh, talent of the goal. Incredible shot by Millie Farrow, but uh, when you look at the whole game in itself, um, certainly they were not in this contest at all, and uh, Alex Parkas would not be happy. And looking at the standings, well, you know, they're just sort of tumbling at, at the moment. They're barely hanging on to a top six spot. Um, they're in there on uh, 23 points, only just in, in six in sixth spot uh, due to goal difference. Uh, seventh and eighth in Newcastle and the Western Sydney Wanderers are equal with them on 23 points. And um, so, yeah, so they're still two points out of fifth spot, uh, three points out of fourth, and, of course, it just gets more and more after that. So the ladies really have to arrest this form, and they've got to do it really soon. In fact, I think we touched on it last week too, but the girls, for their last one, two, three, four, five, six matches are three losses and three draws. And in fact, we can go back even further. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In their last nine matches, they've only got one win. 
So yeah, it's just very, very much unlike them after starting the season, uh, just in blistering form, four wins on the trot. So uh, they've really got to turn this around really quickly uh, because if we look ahead, uh, there's only about four games, sorry, five games left. Uh, they will head to Newcastle uh, after a bit of a break, um, and then there that will be their next outing. So we're going to leave it there for the Perth Glory women, and of course we'll touch base with them in a couple of weeks' time when they're back on the pitch. All right, that is the end. We're done and dusted, of course. That's Season 4, Episode 16 of the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where our Perth Glory women, um, they're just looking to get back into their season after just a terrific start. They're just uh, they're sort of falling apart at, at the moment, and Coach Alex Aparkas needs to do something really quickly uh, to find their mojo again. Uh, the Lynx, well, they took care of Part 1 of uh, win both games, and hopefully a little bit of luck goes your way, and finals may be a possibility, but um, we'll see what they can do next weekend away now to the glory men and uh there is a lot buzzing a lot of positive buzzing about the perth glory in general new ownership uh, a really positive win um this ladder is so tight the uh the a-league men's so another couple of wins and uh who knows top six is certainly uh not out of the realms of possibility and now the perth wildcats just a shocking weekend zero and two they couldn't fall from top two, so technically you really have nothing to play for, but you know you don't want to be losing two games uh, against two teams that are uh, one of them. Well, they're going to be your opponents for the semi-final series, so we will watch this space, uh, watch that game uh, in uh, a week and a half's time uh, to see who they play. But uh, yeah, it's all about getting back on the track, getting back on the court, and finding some energy and momentum. Well, the Western Fury, their season is done. Uh, they're over, unfortunately. Um, yeah, just, just not good enough at the moment with the Queenslands and the Tasmanias of the world, but as are a lot of teams as well. So, you know, the competition just got to come up to them at the moment. And uh, lastly, the Warriors, well, gee, it's going to be a lot to uh, going to be a lot to ask for them. I uh, don't know whether uh, a win's going to be possible. A draw might be uh, the best option that they've got. So we'll see how that falls, of course, tomorrow. Now, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. If you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, look after yourself. Stay safe. And uh, from yours truly, Adam Batts, I'm out. But now, 